Friday, April 30th, and this is the Comic Vine Podcast. Hello. I'm here with Tony Guerrero. Hello. And Mr. John Lehman. How are you, John? Pretty good. Very good. Good. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. I made I made John wait for like too long. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So sorry about that, John. I, I oh, that's fine. and thank you very much for your patience. Um, unlike the other podcast, this one will not be live. Uh, I okay. Think we changed it a little bit. Yeah. So let's get started. So, I mean, uh, Chew has been a massive, massive success. So first of all, congratulations. It's, it's oh, a thanks. fantastic book and, and it's, it's just really, really creative. So, uh, I'll, I'll, we had a couple of our users submit some questions prior to this, uh, morning's podcast. So let's, let's start off with those if that's okay. Sure. Okay. So, um, what exactly was, uh, for you, the inspiration for Chew? See, I don't know because there's so many disparate, diff, kind of different uh, aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I had the Cannibal Cop thing for a while, mm-hmm. but it it seemed like a very limited joke. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this guy eats something. How do you how do you make a series out of this? And I had I had all these weird ideas. And I had the 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 chicken prohibition thing, and that seemed like a cool idea. But all these were were short stories, mm-hmm. and then I realized they all had to do with food. And if I united all these sort of weird stories into like a common food theme, suddenly instead of, you know, one little lame idea and another lame idea, I've got like this rich universe. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just kind of like kind of came upon a central concept, which was food, and then united it all. Uh, all right. So uh, going going on this, this idea of food and, and how you had these sort of short stories, you know, these uh, small concepts and, and you eventually built them up. I don't know if small is the word so much as not marketable. Like they were just, <laughs> they just weren't good enough ideas on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all right. Um, would you say that, um, would you say that it was a story that you developed over time or was it something? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was funny because originally I had a story I wanted to tell about a fruit that was discovered on an island and how it basically, uh, uh, a civil war started. And that ended up being the second uh, story arc. But that was going to be its own thing. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. I can incorporate this into this other book. And it became the second story arc. Now, with um, – oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. I, 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 there was a point when I was doing the second arc that I thought it was really stupid of me to establish the character, get everything going, and then take him and put him on an island away from the cast uh, for the second arc. I thought, oh, this – this is, you know, career suicide for the book. Mm-hmm. But uh, people seem to have responded. Now, is this is this a book that you feel uh, that has a definitive end, or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, I know the ending. Uh, I got uh, drunk enough in Italy that I told Rob Guillory the ending. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he's the only other person who knows. But but sixty issues, you know, a, a, a preacher length or a Y or a transmet sort of. It's like the perfect length for a. Kind of a, a serialized novel, mm-hmm. so you know five to six years because we're gonna we're gonna do five months on, take a month break and put the trade out. Five months on, take a month break. So it, it's not five years and sixty months. It's you know six years and close to sixty months. And it, it's been it's been pretty consistent. I mean, your releases yeah. have been uh, really good, which is which doesn't always happen at at Image. Well, so. Rob Rob definitely was tired. By the end, we wanted to get 10 issues out, and and by the end, he was about one week off per issue. 
But but we've been upfront with the readers, and we said, look, we need a month recharge time between issues ten and eleven. You know, Rob is doing all the art, and and most people, you know, preacher, transmet, all those books that I, that I name, um, they don't have a guy doing. You know, I'm doing the lettering and the production. Rob's doing the coloring and the inking. Uh, so we, it, it's it's a tough, it's a tough job. Would you say that it's important to have a, a consistent artist, you know, that you yeah. are working with? Well, originally, see, I didn't think this was going to be a hit. I thought I would do five issues. I'm financing it. You know, Rob would move on, and it would take it would take a while to recoup the money. And then in a couple of years, I would do another five issues, and maybe I would get to tell the complete story. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's doing well enough that, that, you know, we can do it as a monthly. Rob's really into it. Uh, and he wants to he wants to have a book that's all his from beginning to end. So, so I mean, you've you've mentioned just now, you know, that it's it's been successful and it has been just super super successful. So I mean, that's fantastic. Is it something that you'd like to see, you know, take to take it to film? Would you? Um, the actually the 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 guy uh, Circle of Confusion who sold Walking Dead and just announced uh, uh, Incognito, David Engel. Mm-hmm. Uh, is working on Chew. Uh, that being said, Chew, Chew as as a TV show, because I think it would be a better TV show than a movie, is not my priority. Mm-hmm. So I hand it off to him, like, you know, do whatever. I'm making a comic book. I'll send you some comics every month. If you sell it, you know, hooray. But, you know, I'm doing it for a comic book. I think that's awesome. That, that's that's really cool. Now, do In you... fact, I, I talked to this one director who was really – because I – I was getting a lot of calls to the point where I had to get a management company, and and this this director kind of bugged me because he was so like Hollywood sleazeball, and he's like, "How do you picture, you know, what's your vision of Chew?" And it's like my vision of Chew is at the comic book store yeah. every month. That's you know, awesome. you can give me a million dollars and do whatever you want with it, but you know, Chew is a comic book for me. Tell me you were gonna say H- have you? like even thought about like who you'd want to play Tony Chu? Oh yeah. Um, in, in fact, our, our letters page goes pretty crazy over this. Uh, Ken Leung. Yeah. From, uh, lost. Exactly. Else. Yeah. He's he's like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. Oh. Uh, and, and we've come to like Josh Holloway Sawyer. And then those, those recent loss where they're like cop <laughs> yeah. buddies. Yeah. Has been really weird to watch. Um, I like Felicia day as Amelia. And the, the only one I don't really know about is uh, Savoy, the, the big ex-partner. Oh, John, uh, John Travolta, no? Oh, well. Wow. What I hadn't thought TV? about that. People say John Goodman. Or, uh, or John I, I Goodman. Robbie Coltrane. Or uh, well, he, John Travolta's pretty big now. He's kind of a heavy, yeah. heavier yeah. guy. What about uh, Jeff Bridges? Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Let's, let's make it happen. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, first of all, I, I think it's great that, you know, I mean, your your main priority is uh, is your comic. I mean, that, that's that's your baby. Um, now, how do you feel about the idea? Because, I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people do this, and I know a lot of people go to comic books as, as if, um, the platform for creating, you know, uh, motion pictures and, and taking things to television. Um, do you feel like, and this is kind of off topic from your book, but... I figured since we're on the subject, do you feel uh, as though it's it's some something of an exploitation of the comic book industry? You know, um, using using the industry as a platform for 
for I, film. We're definitely cheap R and D, you know, for them, and 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 you can see it at comic cons. You you know all these comic book, all these Hollywood guys who go around and they're basically trolling for properties. But um, I guess it's not something I give a lot of thought to because it's not my world. You know, I will I will cash a check and hand it off to them, and and if they screw it up, you know. I still got the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a cheap way for them to get ideas. And, uh, uh, you know, th- there are certain things that I think exist just as as um, sort of clearing houses for ideas. And I think there are certain writers who you can almost see the, the amount of care or lack thereof that goes into the, their work because they're just doing this as, as pitches mm-hmm. that they, oh, here's my comic book, make it into a movie. Mm-hmm. And you've been in the industry for a long time, correct? I mean, as an editor as, as well. Yeah, I've, I've edited some books that were blatant Hollywood pitches. And and I can see it, you know. Can the readers not see it? That, you know, this, there's there's not a lot of care put into it because it's just get it out there to put into some Hollywood producer's hands. Do you think that, uh, like, let's say let's say they do get it off the ground and they and they turn it into a television series, which would be awesome, and I'm sure that the check would be fantastic and you get a new house or something, um, if that's what you want to do with your money. Uh, what? Um, how how is it like, you know, for the creator of of this this you know brilliant brilliant book to say, okay, I, I will relinquish. Um, this idea, this this baby, and I will give it to you. Like to, oh, I guess, like I, run I with guess it. it depends on how invested you are. Like if if you, how much you want to see it go go to film. Because I, I I've talked to some people who are like, oh, let's get Jim Carrey or or Steve Carell as Tony Chu, and I'm like, well, you don't really get it. But on the other hand, I don't really care because. It's a comic book first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry I keep going back to that. Uh, I just think I, I, I think you have to have a level of detachment because 90% of the time you're just going to get disappointed and end up mad. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you get too invested, you're just going to end up uh, disappointed. Do you feel like you've uh, come across some, some writer's blocks along the way, especially with this project? And how do you overcome oh, those? Yeah, I, this this uh, second arc was really hard and it was um it, it was very ambitious i'm i'm glad it's over but yeah the uh, almost on a monthly basis i agonize and think oh my god what have i done and uh i'm currently in that corner with issue 14 and and that's sort of my writing process i uh i i have to suffer for at least a week to make a good issue what helps you overcome those those blocks in the road well it used to be pot but it's mostly coffee now <laughs> okay uh, I, I I tend to just get as um, uh, as just ridiculously wired as possible mm-hmm. and then uh, and a lot of sleep too I mean I, I, I get myself work the way I used to work and it's changed because I had a kid uh, and he's thrown things off but I used to go to bed saying mm, okay I have to write this scene tomorrow and I would work through it in my sleep, and I'd bound out of bed at like four thirty in the morning or five in the morning because it would it would work through my subconscious, and I'd kind of like half sleep. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the week or end of two weeks, I'd have a script done, but I'd be exhausted, and I'd just sleep for two days. Yeah, and that that's changed a little because now I got to get up and you know get get a, a kid ready for daycare and stuff like that. But I still tend to 
work through my problems at night and, and do my best writing very early in the morning. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I get up at 4.30 and write an article and try thinking about it during the night. But then, yeah, I, I, then I, you get exhausted at the end of the week. I right. Know, at I know. noon, I'm useless, and that's when I you know, spend my time writing emails and you know, kind of housekeeping stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I was wondering, why chicken? Why, why is the chicken the, the, the cause of, of well, well, it was, it was you know, that, that aspect of the book was, was figured out when everyone was worried about the bird flu. Yeah. So it's not necessarily chicken. It's also turkey. It's also duck. Uh, you know, it, it's all forms of, of poultry. But um, chicken is sort of the aspect that we're focusing on because uh, it's so prevalent in our diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but issue 15 is the Tony goes home for Thanksgiving issue. And, uh, you know, turkey's uh, illegal. So it it was really because of the panic with the bird flu that was so many years ago. And then suddenly, about when Chew was hitting, uh, the swine flu suddenly was happening. And they're they're killing 50,000 pigs in Egypt and stuff like that. And and what seemed like a crazy idea, outlawing chicken, didn't seem quite so far-fetched after that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now... um... What I mean, you see yourself working on this for the next five years, right? Just about yeah, maybe yeah. four years. Well, it's I, I've written issue fifteen, and 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 I'm I'm doing the second half of fourteen. Fifteen was so clear in my mind, it was actually kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I realized once I finish fourteen, I'm a I'm a quarter of the way through, which is scary. Yeah, uh, and you I mean you're not going to be working on any other projects simultaneously. It's just uh, you right now. I just did a little thing for Marvel, which I don't think gets announced for for um, another month or two. And I'll do little things, but uh, I think I'm too slow to be Kirkman and write like Invincible, Walking Dead, and Astounding Wolfman. And mm-hmm. and I'm pretty. Um, I guess I'm kind of lazy. I'm not real ambitious. Like I'm I'm happy to have one book that people like, and I figure whatever I do. You know, I've got all these people who want me to do another book, and I just figure it's going to flop, and mm-hmm. it's going to bring down Chew. So why don't I just stick with what people seem to like and what I'm having a good time doing? Doing, but you know, Marvel came to me with this little thing, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. Sure, I've you know, I've got time. Yeah, I'll I'll do that, but nothing on this scale. So why why Image exactly? I mean, uh, you, I mean, you you took the book to to Image. So what what is the advantage of working with well, that? I took house? it to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I took it to Vertigo quite a bit, and and either Vertigo editors either didn't like it or didn't um, give it the time of day or didn't get it. Uh, probably about seven or eight editors, wow. and then I. Um, I don't like pitching and I'm not a very confident pitcher. So I didn't necessarily pitch it. I, you know, I talked to Avatar, I talked to IDW, I talked to Image. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this bird flu book. It's got a cannibal in it. Nobody's going to like it. It's not going to sell. And so it wasn't really pitching so much as I was looking for an artist. I'm like, you know, I'm financing it. Do you have anyone you know? And it was sort of a backdoor pitch. It's like, well, I'm telling you about it, but I'm not really pitching it because I'm scared to. Mm-hmm. And then Eric Stevenson says, wow, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, find me a good artist and we'll do it. So I and, and, and Image was the best case scenario anyways if, if a book succeeds because you get all the rights and, and you, you make a lot of money. Um, and what happened was I was working at a video game company 
and I had the the money to finance it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you know, when I was pitching it before I had the video game job, I was looking for a page rate. So I was like, yeah, you know, I I won't get all the rights, but you know, Rudiger will pay me something, and I can afford to do it. But once I um, had the means to finance it myself, Image was the best possible world. And then Stevenson saying, find the right artist, we'll do it. You know, it it just made it very easy. Now you you at Marvel you wrote uh, Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness, correct? Yes. What's it like working on something like that with all the existing you know characters and then working on Chew, where you know it's it's all your characters? Um, you know, it's a little more liberating. Like like it's funny. I'm I'm doing stuff with Marvel right now. Like oh, we, you know, we want a synopsis. You know, I'll get back to you on notes. You know, blah blah blah. And um, you know, with Chew. And I'm thinking, wow, I could just be doing my own thing and I don't have to jump through all these hoops. Uh, on the other hand, they have to be caretakers of their property. And once in a while, I do wish I, I had an editor to bounce things back with. But, um, you know, the, it, it's very liberta- liberating. You know, no one can tell me, no, Tony Chu wouldn't act that way because I am the arbitrator of, you know, how these characters act and what they do. Have you had Does any? Question? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Thanks. Have you had any um, weird experiences since the book started? Like, I know recently someone came up to you with a, a tattoo. Of, of the... Oh yeah, that that was. I mean, uh, we went to Italy. That was a weird experience. Uh, uh, the Italian publisher Bow was really into Chew, and they wanted to debut us for uh, an Italian Comic Con. So Rob and I went, and we went around to uh, a few uh, Northern Italy comic book stores. And uh, it was a very surreal experience, uh, you know, to have have sort of the language removed where you're sort of miming to fans and they're they're talking to you, but neither of you can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very surreal. But actually, every single aspect of this has been surreal. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting this book to hit. So every just everything that happens is a is a pleasant surprise. Uh, speaking of, of Comic Con, uh, will you be making uh, appearances this year? Uh, maybe at San Diego yeah, and. I, I, well, I made the mistake of uh, I, I was really flattered uh, by being asked uh, to go to all these places, so I went to Seattle and I stayed there for a week with my my drinking buddies, and I was exhausted after that. And then we went to uh, Italy for two weeks, and now I'm going to Spokane. Motor City and Phoenix Con, and I'm just absolutely exhausted. It's like I don't want to do these. I'm tired. Um, but we're doing San Diego, uh, and I can't really think beyond that. Oh, I'll, I'll do New York in in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm tr- gonna do it maybe just one con every other month after that because it does take a lot out of it. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, about the book. And, and I mean, we just had issue ten released. I think it was like maybe two weeks ago. Uh, uh, a little more than that. A little more but than that. Look what I got in the mail today. Oh man, is that the trade? Yep. Wow. Too bad nobody great. else can see this. I am the only one that can see this, but it looks really cool. Um, issue ten. Uh, we, I mean, you had you, you had brought in like the, this concept of uh, vampires, right? Well, sort of. Sort of. But then in, in issue 10, we, we find that there is no such thing as vampires. Yeah, I, I didn't spell it out uh, explicitly because um, 
I just didn't want to. Mm -hmm. But um, this guy's the third Sabo path. I mean, I, I will ruin it for the viewers or clarify it or whatever. He he is the third. And, you know, uh, Tony has had his problems with Mason Savoy mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, they they want the same answers but through different methods. Uh, but this third, third single path is just evil, and he just wants to uh, eat people because he gets their memories and gets their abilities, and he's uh, he, he's sort of taking the power to the next level. Mm. Um, so how how did you how did you come up with uh, the idea of? I mean, he's certainly portraying himself as as a vampire. So yeah. How how did how was it for you to integrate this concept of well not really vampires but vampires? Well, you know it was weird because people are like, okay, now you've gone too far, and people are a little sick of vampires because of um, Twilight, sort of place in, in pop culture right now. <laughs> yeah, but but to my mind, okay, vampires have been big for 150 years. Mm -hmm. I'm writing a book that I want to last. Uh, you know, in, in 10 years, hopefully it's, it'll be as timely as it is right now. And, you know, maybe people won't have twilight exhaustion then. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, vampires won't seem like such an ill-conceived notion. So, you know, I wanted to break uh, bring it in, but then uh, it sort of struck people a little weird. Like, okay, finally he's breaking the rules, which it turns out I'm not, but I had to bite my tongue. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm presenting this guy as a vampire, but mm -hmm. he's not really. Um, I also thank you so much for uh, sending us a, a little bit of the concept art and and you know your 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 progress on issue was it issue eleven? Eleven. Yeah. yeah. So thank you very much. It's it's sure. really really cool. And one of the covers I thought was just fantastic because as I was reading issue ten, I was like, you know, Caesar really reminds me of Sam Jackson's character in Pulp Fiction. And then I yeah. saw that that great cover where it's so yeah. Savoy and Caesar together, and mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's totally Pulp Fiction. So do you feel like you um, you look at elements in, in pop culture and things that exist in pop culture and you're like, yes, I want to incorporate this somehow into my story or do you do you feel like you gain any kind of inspiration from from that? And, and well, if so, I, what? I don't want to start doing parodies or um, uh, you know, things that are too specific because I, I think that dates dates the book. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the case of the, the Pulp Fiction cover, I mean... Uh, Rob didn't. Rob and I argue over covers about once every five issues. You know, he'll want to do something, and I'll want to do something. And I really wanted to do that cover for the Pulp Fiction logo. Mm -hmm. um, and and basically, I told Rob, okay, don't do this for me, the writer. You know, do this for the letterer. You know, mm -hmm. this is you know the the gag is the lettering. You know, doing the font. Mm -hmm. Let's see how it works. And it was just a. Uh, uh, you know, I also thought if we did something that sort of pop culture-ish, it might uh, pull in readers who didn't necessarily read Chew, who, you know, they've heard about it, they're like, oh, wait a minute, Pulp Fiction cover. Oh, I like this. I'll pick yeah. it up. It just seemed like a gag too um, too good to resist. Uh -huh. But it's not something that we're going to do a lot. Yeah, but, uh, but even, like, looking in, in the panels in issue 10... I feel like like looking at Caesar, the facial expressions, just the way that Rob Rob draws him, it, it is Sam Jackson. Like I, I feel like he's well, like actually so uh, crazy. It it was supposed to be, but Rob has since started modeling the body language off of him. 
-hmm. and it was it appears to be sam jackson but if you know rob it's really more of 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 rob you know he's lanky he's he's skinny he sort of you know moves like that Mm -hmm. so it's some combination of the two that's pretty cool um can i ask you about issue 11 or what uh yeah yeah actually uh let me preface this by by telling you about the third story arc. It's called uh, Just Desserts, and you know some of the complaints of the first story arc was you know Tony's this sort of mysterious character. He doesn't have much personality. You know he's grumpy. He keeps it all to himself, and that's true. Um, but you know by now I, I think people are starting to get to know him a little, and and you know he does have a surface you don't get past immediately. And uh, this one's a little more personal. You know he's. He's got a girlfriend in the third arc, or you know, getting there, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, it's really sort of about the nature of partnerships, uh, whether it's you know romantic or job partnerships. And uh, Caesar, uh, this is a minor spoiler, uh, is Savoy's ex partner. So uh, you know, you've got you've got Tony and Colby, you've got Tony and Savoy, you've got Tony and Caesar, you've got Tony and Amelia. Uh, it's really sort of the intersection, the intersection of partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're taking it back to uh, twenty thousand years earlier in issue eleven. Uh, sort of, yeah. Sort of. Do, do you? I mean, we don't have to go there. Is actually, this is spoiled in the solicitation. So okay. I, the plot, you didn't get enough to, to get the plot, but there's a um, the issue eleven concerns a. Uh, uh, sort of a diner's club of very, very rich people who find, you know, when a when a, a mastodon is unearthed in a, in in a glacier in Siberia, they steal it and they eat it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a diner's club of extinct animals, oh, and that man. preface you get, you know, uh, sort of shows you where their meal came from. Is this is is this? Are you maybe uh, going to use, uh, use this to explain? How it all started? No. Okay. <laughs> are are you going to explain that in, in the next five years? Uh, I hope so. Okay. I, I still kind of have to figure it out. Um, you know, I I told you that that the second story arc, putting him on an island, like I thought was, oh, this is kind of dumb. Are people gonna get it? Are people gonna desert desert it? You know, I'm doing this nice sort of five issue. You know, they're kind of five short stories. It's, it's you know, back to being fun, self-contained. Um, and then in issue 15, I'm doing something so crazy that I'm worried that everyone's just going to desert the book in droves. I feel like this is a, that's probably a, a good indication that, that, that it'll be a success because yeah. I, I feel like you've been wrong a lot. Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> I always fear the worst. We are doing a sort of a, a special... Uh, I guess a preemptive apology and, and a little "I love you" to floppy readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, issue fifteen is going to have a, a trifold cover, oh, cool. uh, so for for no extra price, uh, <clears throat> and it's going to have you know it'll have the trade dress and the UPC and all that that junk. But if you want to rip off the cover, uh, on the inside will be you know just a a, a three page you know mini poster. So oh, cool. you know hopefully people will buy two issues. But it's, uh, <laughs> It's uh, The Last Supper with Tony in the middle and all of the supporting cast, not only that you know, but who you're going to meet. Right. So it's the entire sort of book supporting cast, everyone who's important to the book. That sounds really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. I, I think I might you buy. Haven't even met in there. Might buy an issue. Put it on our wall. Yeah. Maybe John. Maybe you, you can stop by the office. You can sign it next uh, time. If we, I was in, you know, the Bay Area anymore. Yeah. If I ever get back, maybe yeah. for WonderCon. Maybe. All right, uh, John. Tony, do you have any more questions? Uh, I think that that about answered them. I mean, unless you want to talk about like like Thundercats, <laughs> anything that you wrote before. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you want to ask me about? I'm looking at my. I just reread my Gambit. I was uh, going to ask you about that recently. too. Recently, and uh, I was pretty happy with the way it turned out. Several years later. Are, are you reading um, besides your own stuff? Are you are you keeping up with any other current books? Oh yeah, you know I I read uh, Ed Brubaker's stuff. I I like The Goon. I like Scalped. Um, uh, let's see, what do I got laying around? Uh, you asked me that, and I I blank. <laughs> uh, um, you know I'm I'm reading Buffy. I'm reading The Guild. You know I I don't read a whole lot of big two superhero stuff. I kind of go in and out of that, and I I mostly sort of am an uh, an indie guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of, you know, oh, you know, Secret Invasion, that sounds fun. I'll, I'll pick that up. But I don't feel like I necessarily have to follow every single event from the, the big two companies because yeah, so I many. can't afford to. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, primarily I follow, you know, creators that, that you know, I, I like or I'm friends with. Friends with. I'll, you know, I'll buy anything that, that has uh, uh, Frank Quietly art. You know, I, I, I love John Cassidy. I, you know, I like Bendis' work and Fraction's work. Um so yeah, that's what I read. If you could uh, like take out of continuity and do a crossover with Tony, who would you like Tony Chu to meet up with? Like what uh, other BPRD? That would be interesting. That'd be cool. That'd be really yeah, cool. Yeah, I've, I've given that some thought. BPRD. We got to make that happen pitch it, too. Pitch it to Mike Magnola. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll send him. I'll send him a link to the podcast. Um, we all set. Okay, John. It was a pleasure. Thank you I'll so much. I'll see you in San Diego, man. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, will, I will force you to sign that poster. Cause okay. Wait, I by don't then. I will be ready by oh, San Diego. I will be ready by San Diego mm. next year. New York. New York, maybe. Okay, yeah, for sure. All right. Then New York it is. Well, we will see you in San Diego. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this morning. Yeah. Sure. Great talking. Thanks. Have a good Bye. day. All right, guys, that was John Lehman. He is the writer of Chew, which is published by Image Comics. And if you haven't been reading it, you probably should because it's, it's, really, it's really one of uh, it's, it's one of my favorite books. Yeah, I, I caught on with issue three, and I've been hooked ever since. And I think, like, every – it's been consistent. You know, he talked about the second arc and how it, it kind of went a different direction. But I, I, I thought that was great because mm-hmm. it, it was different. So it's, it's not just – Tony Chu in the city. No, it's not. You got to see more of the other world and how everything is is affected. Exactly. So I I really thought that was cool. And I I love how he just like, he takes so many things and and he he integrates so many pop culture references and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, really kind of obscure ideas and he he just puts them all together and it works yeah. you know and i feel like that's so hard to do but it's so cool and it's it's really nice and it's cool that he's such a nice guy yeah and and we mentioned i think the last time we reviewed one how whenever a, a character first appears in the issue he does like the one page recap and you get to find out who they are and yeah and and the, the art just a lot that's just the facial expressions in there i mean it's 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 great it's pretty cool and then issue 10 had that little cliffhanger too on the last page so it's like the story's not over. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Very cool. 
So, I didn't even get to ask you, how are you today? I'm very tired. Yeah? I, I don't know what's going on. I, I think it is, like I, I mentioned, because, you know, John mentioned, I, I do that a lot. Sometimes at night, I'll like, I need to write an article in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes I'll come up with an idea, and then I'll, as I lay there, I'll think, how can I, I do that? And sometimes I'll change it at the last minute. And sometimes, you know, like, when I wake up in the morning, and, and, I, and, I, and I get on comic vine you've already got an article up and it's it's crazy to gotta, me it's just crazy I, I know I, I get up between 4 30 and 5 and then and i'm i wonder to myself like how does he come up with all these ideas but you said you had a list like, I, I just actually the first time i was very very excited i'm i'm driving i shouldn't say that i was i was driving home and i <laughs> i just i started getting inspired so i was like notepad on my phone and just jotting some ideas down and then mm-hmm. i was like wait i got another idea so I, I have some, but it's it's some of them. I, I'm kind of like I don't want to use them yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I kind of they're like my backups, I guess. Right. I have some good ones that are what I think are good ones, but it's like I don't want to just use them all and then have nothing. And actually, I, th- I think it was Monday. I I was like 90 percent done with an article, and then something. I, I think it might have been the the secret identities one. Like you know, do should heroes have secret? So I was almost done with that, and then. I saw like the Mike Diodato like put out the image of Steve Rogers in the new uniform, you know, which we we'd seen before, mm-hmm. and then I that just like inspired me right there. It's like I don't like that uniform, mm-hmm. so yeah. I just I just wrote about that. But I I try to have them written before six, so that's like nine o'clock East Coast. It's insane. I don't yeah. know how you do it. And then six thirty, start getting ready, drive my daughter to school, make it to the office that's by nine. Crazy, and I'm. I'm not going to lie, I'm still sleeping then. <laughs> well, not at nine. No, not at nine. <laughs> not at nine. <laughs> nine you're, you're walking in. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so. But then by the end of the week, I'm, I'm usually pretty tired mm-hmm. getting up at, mm-hmm. you know, 4.30 all the time. And then. Now, we, uh, when, when I first came in this morning, you were talking about, and we were talking about this last, not last night, but yesterday afternoon, like late afternoon um, before I went home. Uh, New is it the new mutants you're excited about, or is it the Avengers? Because it was Moon Knight and oh, six secret, secret yeah, Avengers. secret Avengers. Yeah. So I I I still wonder how the secret Avengers are going to work. You know mm-hmm. why why is there a secret Avengers? Mm-hmm. And you know my idea was it's probably going to be like a Black Ops team. You know maybe they're going to try to clean up the pieces. You know of Norman's mess. So we we have Steve Rogers leading them, which seems kind of weird. It's like why would he work? In secret in the shadows because he's he's a public figure. Everyone mm-hmm. knows Steve Rogers, Captain America. Right. But he's not now. And then the fact that we have Moon Knight, who up until just recently was highly unstable, and and like when Charlie Houston was writing, you know, Steve Captain America actually talked to Moon Knight, and there's he's like, dude, you got to re- you know this isn't going to work. So right. I think it's be really interesting having them on the same team, you know, because like Ken, you know, Moon Knight's kind of cleaned up his act a little bit. But it's like he's still got that borderline, you know, because he's still seeing visions of Kanchu telling him to just like kill everyone and, you know, feed mm-hmm. his his need for vengeance and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see how how they work. And then we got War Machine on there. So, you know, you, you got a guy in an Iron Man suit with, with a big gun on his shoulder. So it's like, what kind of missions are going to re- require that? Yeah. And, and then you Beast have too, the right? Beast, which, which is so weird. It's weird because, you know, Beast. And, and some of like the old, old Avenger stories, you know, Beast and, and Wonder Man, when they're on there, I mean, they had this great dynamic. You know, they were like best friends or joking around. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was really cool because 
you know, I, I, th I think a lot of people forget that he was actually an Avengers because you just associate him with, with the X-Men. X-Men. So it's going to be weird. It's like, why is he going back to the X-Men? I, I know he had some issues with, like, Scott and everything, you know, because he, he left Utopia. He was working with S.W.O.R.D., you know, the, the whole alien stuff out in yeah. space. But where they had, like, that really weird art where they made him look like a horse. Yeah, he didn't look a horse on the covers and inside. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that, that series is, is canceled. So he's no longer hanging around S.W.O.R.D., so I guess he's got nowhere else to go. So it's weird. He's going back to the Avengers, but then he's doing the secret team. So, it's, again, like, what kind of missions require him? Mm -hmm. And then you got Nova, which I am so excited that Nova is going to be back on Earth. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned several times, like, Annihilation, all that stuff. For some reason, the Cosmic Marvel comics, I know a lot of people love them. They just didn't, just didn't, didn't really didn't work for me. For it's, it's, it was just like a struggle. You know, I'd pick up the issues, and it's just... It was hard for me to read them. Not not against you know nothing against the writer, the artist, or anything. It's just, it's just the events. Just you know, it's I think, um, and I think that a lot of people don't don't really take this into consideration when we're doing our reviews. We we review, I mean, a huge range of different types of mm -hmm. comic books, and oftentimes I find myself reading things that, you know, before I started you know working with Comic Vine, I wouldn't be picking up. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't read Green Lantern if, you know. I knew that, you know, it wasn't such a major, major part of the DC universe right now. I probably wouldn't pick it up a year ago, mm -hmm. two years ago, just because I'm not crazy about, you know, outer space adventures. Yeah. And and I think that that's, you know, that's really something to consider. And sometimes it can be difficult to, like, do, uh, at least for me, like, do the reviews because I'm not crazy about the character. Or I, and, but you and, gotta give your opinion. Right. And people forget that a review is your opinion. It's just your opinion. And you can't take it personally if yeah. someone doesn't like what you like. I'm not going to like, you know, every issue of Deadpool. Mm -hmm. But somebody that loves Deadpool and, you know, that's their favorite character, you know, they're going to, you know, you know, just just buy every yeah. issue of Deadpool, even the ones that aren't written by, what's, yeah. what's his name, Daniel Way? Yeah. He does I, the good yeah. ones. Cause I remember I gave a Deadpool like a four out of five, which I think is a good rating. And mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, that. Should have been better, higher rating. It's like I have four. I mean, yeah. that's an eighty percent. Yeah, that's a B. Yeah, but w w <laughs> with with the the space comics, I mean, I I love most science fiction. You know, huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. All that. But for some reason, the science fiction of comics, I, I don't know what it is. It just it's I, there's something different about it because I like Star Wars too, and I, I can I can read a like a Star Wars comic. I think they're fun. Some of them. Some of them. Like yeah. that, that like recent, the one that you had that with Darth, Darth Vader, Vader where he's Purge, fighting. That was an awesome. That's comic. cool. But not necessarily. I, I think I, I probably uh, agree with you. I'm not crazy about Nova either. And I think we reviewed it like a couple months back, and I was yeah. like, eh, this is a struggle. It, it would seem like Hal Jordan. You know, he's one of my favorite characters. You yeah. Know, I, I wear the Green Lantern. Yeah. Ring, but I like him better on Earth. And, and I, th I think it should be okay that you don't like everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You've got your, your opinions on, you know, what you like and what you don't like. I mean, something so obscure like Chew, I really like Chew. Mm -hmm. You know, I really like Fables. You know, that's a, that's a yeah. great series. And they're completely different. Yeah, I mean. they're totally different. Or, and I really like Batman. That's mm -hmm. totally different. Mm -hmm. And and I like, I don't know, I like Thor. Yeah. Like, that's completely different. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, and the thing is, I guess, I mean, I don't know, I guess the definition of a fanboy is you, you like what, you know, you kind of really like things and you just you maybe you like things a little too much yeah and i love comics obviously this you know this is my, my job and what i do all the time yeah. but, but i don't like everything out there and i'm not gonna you know say i love everything just yeah. to make anyone happy but like even i think that and i think that we both do this when we review um 
we always keep in mind that somebody worked hard yeah. to create this yeah. and someone out there really loves this character mm -hmm. and even though I don't necessarily like the character I kind of keep my my feeling about that character mm -hmm. that you know the concept out of it and I, I try to focus on the story and I try to focus on yeah. the art and I think uh, uh, the issue of Green Lantern that we reviewed this week is It'll go up today. yeah it's probably a good example of that because mm -hmm. Honestly, I, I don't like Green Lantern. I just don't like Green Lantern Corps as a book, like mm -hmm. as a series, because it's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think I gave that a pretty high rating. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I, mean I, I think that I tried really hard to just keep that out of the, the sequence when I yeah. when I do. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at how was the story and, you know, the, what events were laid out, how was the art, how was this, you know, you, you can look at it, like the technical aspects of it, but, oh, I mean, unfortunately, I, I think there are some people that they, which is good in some ways, that they, they take our opinion and they're like, okay, that, that makes my decision, but it, yeah. it shouldn't necessarily be like... Be your decision. You guys should read things for yourselves, you yeah. know. I mean, I think that by now, people that have been following the site and maybe watching and, and reading our reviews, they have this, uh, they have an, an, an idea of what we like mm -hmm. and what we don't like. Yeah. And I think that that's good. Yeah, and they don't have to agree with us. Sometimes no. they do, sometimes they don't, but they and can use that as like a, yeah. they, they know and where I get, to go. And I get a lot of people that are like, oh, well, Babs didn't like that, so I'll probably like that. And I mean, that's a good gauge too. You know, if I don't like something and you always disagree with mm -hmm. me, then that's that's a good thing. Then yeah. you know, hey, I'm gonna like this book because this girl didn't like it. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's, it's <laughs> so like, it's okay. I just don't think like if if we do give something a low rating, you know, it's not like that book sucks and you shouldn't no, read it. No, like, absolutely you know, make not. Make your own opinion. You know, you don't agree. But what 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 gets me is when people say, "Oh, you're crazy. That's wrong." You know, it's like. Give a reason. It's not. It's not really wrong if it's your opinion. Yeah. And on the other hand, if someone doesn't like something, they'll just say, "Oh, that sucks." You know, this person's no good. Yeah, it's like, that's it's like, not no. a it's reason. Like, it's like, did you actually read the book or mm -hmm. the character? And that's one thing. Like, uh, I think that it's really important. You know, and and I think that we both also we also do this. I we're just I'm just patting us on the back today for <laughs> half an Someone's hour. Got to do it. <laughs> I I think that we both um, when we when we think about our ratings we. And we're going to give it a low rating. We always give reasons yeah. why we feel mm -hmm. that it isn't good, or that we felt like was wasn't good enough in in the it particular just, yeah, issue. Yeah, didn't do it for you at the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk for an hour about how awesome it is and then give something a two. Mm -hmm. That's not what I do. Yeah, I don't think you do that either. No, there's a reason. I mean, heck I, no. Yeah, but I you know I, I get a lot of people saying that like, oh, you only give high ratings, but it's like. That's that's not the case. Yeah. You know, and and you know I always say you know look at the written reviews. You know I've I gave a Deadpool team up I think like a one star just recently because it just I, I I really like Sorry. Deadpool but I didn't care for the team up. And that's okay. I didn't care for the story. I remember when we were re reading Batman and Robin. I was like, gosh, this is such a struggle for me. Like, mm -hmm. where is Grant Morrison going with this? Yeah. And there was a the, for a while there was a big slump in the series, and that was my. I think that's my favorite book, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's, my favorite Batman book. And, and it, I mean, it was really bad, and I remember giving it a two. I'm like, no. And then it was, it was like Cameron Stewart's, and then I wound up interviewing Cameron Stewart. And yeah. The, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I, the, the art was, was, it was, it was different. It was, I mean, it, the, we, you know, we both said the art was different, not that it was bad. I mean, I think we both love the art, you know, because he's got his distinctive he's style. He's got a distinct style. But, but it was just weird after the previous artist yeah. and just the tone, and then it's like, 
it almost like everything got and you know it's also with the colors it was just like bright and cheerful you know you got batman running around england during the day you know jumping off a double decker i just buses. wasn't sure about that yeah. and it's something john had actually mentioned in the interview is that you know rob is rob Gillery, who's doing the art for chew he's he's working on the book the entire series you know with john alone yeah. like john's not getting another artist there's no there's no one that's going to replace him mm-hmm. and i know you've talked about this quite often mm-hmm. ha- the importance of having a consistent artist on yeah. a book mm-hmm. and I honestly, like, with with a book like Batman and Robin, when that trade comes out, I'm going to have a hard time reading it because yeah. the art was literally, it was a different artist every two issues. And there wasn't a consistency in style either because you moved from who? Um, Frank Quietly. Yeah, you went from Frank Quietly to... Philip Tan? It was Philip Tan. And their their styles are so different because Philip Tan is like, it, it's just, it's... It's so, if I had to compare it to anyone else, it'd be like, not Jim Lee, but it's that same style, mm-hmm. like very steroid muscle yeah. kind of. Yeah. And, and, and then Cameron and, Stewart is like yeah, I borderline mean, car- cartoon television, <laughs> yeah. which is good. Yeah. Like, I like it. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Tim is one of my top mm-hmm. five favorite artists, and his, his primary work is is animated, you know, mm-hmm. cartoon stuff. And it, and it is cartoony, and it's freaking beautiful yeah. but it's just too different mm-hmm. you know i mean i i, I love seeing in different interpretations but mm-hmm. it's just weird because you know normally with like the, the batman books i for whatever reason i usually buy the hardcover trades just to have but when batman and robin came out i was i was like i i don't know because you know it, i think it's only the first five or six issues but i haven't picked it up yet and i i you know, I, I did like it, but I don't know if I'll actually pick that one up. You probably will. Maybe. Sometime. Maybe maybe the floppy. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I like the hardcovers. You know, yeah. They're more expensive. Get them on Amazon. Get them cheaper. Let's, let's do news, shall we? Okay. So, yeah, we talked about Secret Avengers. Um, the preview for issue one came out, so mm-hmm. people can check that out. Another thing that came out um, this week, you know, we've been talking about X-Force with mm-hmm. issue 26. Wow. The really great issue that came out. But, unfortunately, it looks like things might be changing after Second Coming. Oh, what do you mean? Um, well, as far as the dun, team, dun, dun. we don't know who the team is. Marvel put out one of their their little oh, um, teasers. Mm-hmm. So you see a group shot, but there's Wolverine with four other shadowed people. Dun, dun, dun. So it's like, who's going to be on the team? So you think that Wolverine's going to lead the team? Does, is that what it looks like? Well, I think he's always kind of led the team. You know, it's like Scott would, would give them the mission. And mm-hmm. say, okay, you guys go to do this, get your hands dirty, and I'm going to sit back here with Emma and just do nothing. Yeah. But so, you know, they, they do these dark things. It's it, it's going to be interesting now that the secret is out. You know, we, we saw Nightcrawler getting upset about, you know, what they're doing. And then I think there is, um, I think it was in a New Mutants issue when Angel changed to Archangel and he, like, chopped the dude's head off. And yeah. I think Psylocke even kind of looked at it because, you know, Psylocke and Angel dated for a while. She's been on the violent side sometimes, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. You know, just with all the X Men, you, you got all like the mutant kids and new X Men kids, and how are they going to feel knowing that these X Men are out there killing if they have to? And mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know who is going to be on the team. Who would you like to see on the team? That's that's hard to say because I mean, you need someone. I mean, 
obviously I, I, I want X-23 on the team. You know, I, I like the character. And I like the interaction between yeah. uh, Logan and X-23. Yeah, I think that's important. Even though you yeah. know, there might be some redundancies having two characters that are similar like that. Mm-hmm. I would love to see X-23 working alongside Psylocke. I think that could be good if you know she gets. That would be cool. Gets, you know, not necessarily that I want to see Psylocke going out killing people, but I think you know she has that ninja trained edge to her. You mm-hmm. know, she could do that. Um, and just just looking at some of the comments that people put, you know, someone mentioned magic. You know, having her under because you know yeah. they could use a teleporter and you know, she's, she's got that obviously darkness to her. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So. So I'd like to see her on here. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. But see, that's the other thing. It's like I'd, I'd, I'd like to have Angel still on the team, but then, you know, we're going back to the original roster that we have. Right. So, I don't know. Domino's cool. You know, she's she's got her, her uses, and, you know, she's – but you need the people who are going to be trained to do the dirty jobs. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, you, you can't have someone like, like Pixie be on the team. Well, come on. <laughs> Just for just like the, the sheer the sheer commentary uh, that alone makes me like Pixie. I think she's funny. But I think her hair would clash with the team. It's no, too, absolutely it's not. You're they, they that's wear, ridiculous. They wear the dark suits, you know, the stealth missions, and right. you get someone with purple hair. No, but that's perfect. Although Psylocke has pr- but well, it's, dark it's like dark. It's like black. Come on, it's just got a, like a luster. No, I mean if you've got Pixie on the team, you know you could use her as a weapon because you know you just throw her out into the middle of a field and everybody's gonna aim at the girl with the bright hair. It's like the, the Robin effect. Exactly. You know, Bruce, exactly. Batman is all about shadows. And oh, I'm going to kid and yellow. Put and, you in some cute little under underwear and booties and booties, and you can run around. Yeah. So, man, that is a worst costume. Who designed that anyway? I don't know. You know, maybe that should be your. I was. What's was, on my mind? I was Robin's crappy costume. I was going to write a, a thing about sidekicks, but you know, I think Inferior Ego might have done an article about sidekicks that's okay i I mean you could do your own perspective yeah because i have some ideas on on sidekicks and i'll be brutally honest about terrible robin costume yeah i don't know where the the little shorts like who decided that that was okay to do because i guess it it, like it it makes it worse for those people that are like batman is a pedophile yeah because batman okay batman started off with (laughs) with his his outfit and then later he he had the yellow chest symbol. Yeah. And the idea was that that had Kevlar in there, so it was bulletproof, and it was supposed to be a target. You know, he's out in shadows. Someone sees a, a something yellow, they're gonna shoot at that rather than shoot at his head. Yeah, but that is so small. He's like, that's like he's assuming that people are good shots. Well, I mean, they would they would aim in that direction. So right. you have that. So then the other thing is you got Robin, who's wearing he has a yellow. He used to have a yellow cape and red and green. So it's like. Batman's a dude that hides in the shadows. Why does he want his kid partner in this bright, gaudy costume? So it was like the whole thing is like, aim for the kid. While I, you know, if he dies, I'll just get a second Robin or a third Robin. Which is exactly what he's done. Yeah. So it's it's just interesting that Batman is all about the dark, and then he has this kid. And and now I, if I, I, I he like presses a button, and it's like I need an upgrade. Yeah, just go on Craigslist. <laughs> Find a new Wanted. kid. I mean, I, I I don't recall. This is getting I, weird. I know there's been different interpretations or retellings, but I don't know if Robin's costume was was partly based on the, the flying Grayson's outfit. Like yeah, maybe that was some of the inspiration. But I just don't think Batman would have a kid running around in the dark. That was a good thing about Tim Drake, because at least when he came on, he got he had like pants. Yeah. So, I actually really like the Tim Drake costume. I think yeah. it's it's pretty awesome, the Tim yeah. Drake Robin costume. Yeah. 
So. And Jason Todd is still my favorite, even though he's like I, the I, most hated mem- member of the Fat Family. I didn't. I don't think I liked Jason Todd so much as Robin because he just had too much attitude. Which you know that was what was good about him. He was a different character. It wasn't just you know yes, Batman, I will obey you. And you know that's when Dick left because they got into a big argument. But Jason was just you know he wasn't stable back then. And when he came back, you know obviously the reason people don't like him now or the reason he's unstable is has to do with the the Lazarus pit you know so it's not his fault but yeah I I do like Jason Todd like during the the countdown to final crisis Mm -hmm. or whatever when when he was with with Donna Troy and you know he he was kind of being a good guy there and I was really liking his character and then after it looked like he was going to be good and then after that he comes back and then he's like bad again so it's like just all unstable do you think that uh final crisis was really the last crisis (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure it'll be something. <laughs> the, oh. ne- the next one, final, final crisis. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, speaking of Batman, there is word of a Batman stage show. Okay. So what are your thoughts on that? I, I haven't heard about this. Could you refresh my memory? Um, all I know is that they're talking about doing some sort of stage show. I don't really know. You mean the, like on Broadway? I think something like that. Now, obviously, people are like, oh, it's going to be... Like a musical? I don't know if it's a straight musical, but because obviously Spider-Man is is having problems with with the musical, which I don't know why. I know a lot of people think it's it's stupid, but I think... Maybe it's because they got you two to write all the music. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I I think Bono and the Edge are are brilliant. Oh, me too. But probably pretty expensive. And um, was it Julie Taymor? What's her name? I have no clue. The the lady, you know, she she directed... um, you know, she she did like the Lion King Broadway thing, and dun, dun, dun. and I think she might have been involved with Across the Universe, the, okay. the Beatles movie. Yeah. So you know, she she knows what she's doing. Right. And then you you had you know Rachel Evan Woods who was in Across the Universe as Mary Jane. So you know she's good. She can sing. She can act. Mm-hmm. And you know Alan Cummings was supposed to be the Green Goblin, but with all the delays, he had to pull out because he has like some sitcom coming. So it's like they have they're having all these problems. That, you know, it's like huge. I like budget. him. I think he's funny. Yeah, and he was great as Nightcrawler. But uh, the the Broadway thing is just having all these huge issues, so it's like who knows if it's going to make it. But I think the Batman on stage thing might be slightly different. But what gives me some hope for it, and you know, I know a lot of people are like, Batman should be on stage, you know, they get all pissed. But it's like, just relax, just you know, it's it's yeah, another you gotta interpretation. wait for it's it. Just, you know, if if it's not your thing, you don't go see it. It's not like it's going to ruin it. It's for not like you. Batman's going to start singing in the comics. It's, it's just exactly. it'll be a different genre, which is fine. But Alan Burnett is supposed to be writing the script and. Alan Burnett, I believe, um, was was highly responsible for the Batman musical, The Brave and the Bold episode. Which, oh, which, which you loved. I loved. Yeah. I, I, I got that. I don't know if that soundtrack was made available, but I was I, I got a soundtrack from from Warner Brothers. Hmm. Which was, so me and my daughter liked that. I mean, it was a great episode. Neil Patrick Harris, he was, he was great in there. So people should definitely see that. Um, the other thing... Uh, there has been talk of possibly a Black Widow solo movie. I guess we'll just have to wait and see yeah, until next thing. week, you know? Yeah, a lot of people are saying Scarlett Johansson, she, you know, they're, they, they're, they're getting on her case because she doesn't have a Russian accent, but it's like the, the scene that has come out, like when she's like going to be Tony's new assistant or something like that, mm-hmm. she's undercover, I assume, as an American. Right. You know, so it's like... Because I think her name is like Natalie Rushman. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good way to uh, bypass the fact that yeah. she can't pull off a Russian accent. Mm. Just change, make a slight alteration yeah. in the script, and be like, "Oh, she 
is an undercover American yeah, now. But I mean, maybe there you she, go. I that she, fixes she everything. She can pull it off, and I mean. I don't know. I mean, you, you get a voice coach. I mean, with with the budget, you can hire someone to say, "Okay, this is how you talk and you practice." Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. And but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how she does, whether or not there's a need for a solo yeah. movie. Yeah, honestly, um, I guess just like I think that we should just wait for the movie to come out. And also, something as you know, s- small as a Russian accent. Yeah, who cares? I, mean, I don't really care. You lose your accents, you know, when you're, yeah. you're you're around. I mean, I think it's annoying when everyone defaults to a British accent, though, in like films that are set in different countries. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you're gonna film something in, I don't know. I, I I don't freaking know. I mean, just any anywhere other than America, everyone defaults to like a British accent or like, or like, like that like one the accent. Empire and Star Wars. Like, yeah, like what the what what the hell is that? It was just. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. really annoying. Like, they should just they should just not have an accent at all. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that idea, like oh, like the Prince of Persia. Everybody's got a British accent, but we're supposed to be in Iran. Yeah. Like, uh, well, part of it, I, I sometimes see it like when when you have a movie, like when when it's set in another country, that. Obviously, it's going to be in English, so we understand it. And it, maybe we just go under the assumption that they're really speaking in their native language, mm-hmm. you know, rather than having it, you know, subtitled through a whole movie. It just sounds so much nicer. Yeah. So, I don't know. Whatever. Um, they're still talking to Ant-Man movie. Um, mm. Edgar Wright, what's his name? Uh, Scott Pilgrim, dude, is still maybe attached. Did you I, see that, Scott Pilgrim? It's not out yet. The trailer? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure when the movie comes out. I think it's... It's sometime this summer. I would, I would yeah. Think. I still got to finish the book. I have, like, the first um, book. I, I, I got halfway through. But you saw The Losers the other night, right? I saw The Losers, yes. I didn't see the trailer for that before I went to see the film. Um, I think we posted it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just I, I never I watched it. I liked the trailer. It. When I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks this cool. This looks pretty good. And the movie, eh. Really? I, 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 I don't think I'm going to write a review since... I mean, Joey wrote, wrote one. Joey and... wrote a review, and it's been out a week. I... I would say it's probably like a three out of five. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's what I expected. It's it's like your kind of like your your typical action movie. But it wasn't that like it was like I don't know if it was trying to be funny or if it was like trying to be an action movie. Well, I, I think I mean in, in all action movies, you know, you have to have those witty one liners. You know, you blow you know right you know, the right before right after you blow something up. You you know everyone's a comedian or thinks they're a comedian. Yeah. So I mean. There were Everyone moments, thinks they're a comedian. There were moments that I, I chuckled. I, I, I No, I, I did too. I, I, I loved, I know a lot of people don't like, I, I love Chris Evans in the movie. I think he was the highlight for me. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really fit the movie, but I enjoyed the scenes. And, you know, because, and, you know, some of it was corny. Some of it wasn't as serious. It was, was all nice. pretty, pretty corny. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I thought his whole. Which when, is fine. When he goes to the office building, which that the scene that is in the comic, if you've read it, and, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. But, I mean, I, I loved that part. And I, I thought yeah. it was funny. And. And, you know, throughout watching, it's like, so this is going to be Captain America, which, you know, some people are like, oh, he can't be Captain America because of it. I was like, give the guy a chance. He, I mean, the character he played in, in The Losers and, and uh, the character he played in Fantastic Four, they're so different. Mm-hmm. And he did a good and, job. And there was with some both other movie. I forget the other movie. Um, I know Joey mentioned it is he he did like a completely different role. So people are like, you know, see him in this movie. You see that he could probably, you know, pull, pull off it off. Yeah. I think. Um, I, like for me in Fantastic Four, I think Chris Evans was the highlight of the film. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really good. The Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Dean Anderson. Oh, man, he was so film. bad in I, The Losers. He was great as a comedian. Yeah. 
which so makes he, me wonder is he really like that is he a freak like that I like just, a weirdo i just wonder <laughs> I, I don't know if it was so much the acting or if it was the character or because he just had like, no there was no chemistry between he and and zoe saldana i just didn't really it care was just him. really weird you know he's supposed to be this noble good guy trying to do the right thing but it's just like he, he was i think because he didn't have any other ties he mm-hmm. was kind of like a, a lonely character mm-hmm. so it's like why am i supposed to care about this guy that has nothing else going for him but i walked away from that film like not caring about any of those characters yeah. and and really looking forward to the expendables which i saw yeah. an hour and a half before the movie started mm-hmm. in the previews yeah so when I go home and like the most exciting part of my evening was the trailer, the trailer before the movie even starts, you know that that's bad. Like that is the definition of what makes a bad film. Yeah. Like you did a bad job. Bad now, job. Now Jason, or was it Jason Patrick? He played Max. I think the villain. Yeah. He. You he, liked him. I thought he was. He funny. was so annoying. He was over the top. He, oh. but, you know, he was a slimy guy. That's not quite how I picture him from the comics. In the comic, they don't really. From what what I read in the, the trade, they don't really get into him that much, but he was funny and he was not really believable. And but not really. But again, he it was, was totally it was just those little little things are funny because he was just so over the top, and it's just I, I think I was laughing that they're trying to get away with this, mm-hmm. and so that that's what kind of made it somewhat entertaining. Like, here's the problem. He was he was definitely not taking himself seriously at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and this character was something out of Austin Powers. Like, it was so cheesy and so bad. But then everybody else in the movie is taking themselves really, like, super seriously. Mm -hmm. So there's this weird dynamic that just doesn't fit. You know what I mean? Like, if the heroes are taking themselves really seriously and they feel like their lives are being threatened, but, like, this, the villain is just, like, some really... He looked like he was an insurance salesman. Yeah. That is what he looked like. I did like. He could sell you a car. I did like. It, it was too much. What's his name? Couldn't, Idris. Couldn't Idris deal. Elba. Mm-hmm. The guy that played Roke. Yeah. He was good. I yeah. He was good. And he's gonna be in the Thor movie. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm he, excited about he, that. His, his and that was... picture for the Thor. Uh, what's his Chris, name? Chris, Chris Helmsworth. Helmsworth. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. cool. I'm excited about that. But you know, I'm I'm curious how he's gonna be incorporated into Iron Man because supposedly that that jail scene when Tony goes to talk to Whiplash that it's not happening. No, that he, um that's supposed to be Thor in another jail cell. So it's like, I wonder how all that's gonna kind of play together. I'm really looking forward to it. But and apparently Chris Evans was is nervous about playing Captain America. He should be. I yeah. think that. I mean, um, it's, it's an iconic role, and it's like. It's super uh, big. I mean, it's it's a bigger role than Iron Man. I think yeah. Captain America is like the Superman of the Marvel universe. Kinda, in a way. I mean, it's like you, you think Marvel comics, you think Spider Man, but you know Captain America is an iconic character. I don't know. Like you think of Spider Man. I mean, he, I think he, of he's Captain like, America. Like logo. I mean, Captain America has been around since the forties. You know, mm-hmm. since before Marvel. You know, he sh- he should be up there, but I don't think. I mean, I love Captain America. He's always been like one of my favorite Marvel characters, but mm-hmm. I don't think he gets the respect that his character should have. Yeah, I don't think people, you know, maybe because he was always kind of straight-laced and people found that boring because, you know, he wasn't like the Punisher or killing people or, you know, Ghost Rider Wolverine. But so I I don't know. I mean, if if you ask, like, the average person on the streets, the name of Marvel, they would probably say Spider-Man because, you know, and not so much lately, but, you know, the Spider-Man head was like the Marvel logo. logo. You know, it's like on the cover of every comic book. So, so, yeah, it's – and the other thing is, like, you know, I wonder if he's going to be typecast. Although it's interesting, you know, he was – Human Torch. Now he's Captain America, so it's like, at least he's not typecast as the goofy, you know. Exactly. Sporty. This is a totally different role. So, I just hope that they don't write. I hope they write 
Yeah, I don't want him cracking jokes all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see a Captain America that's a little less on edge. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, he can't be making but jokes. But he, he, he can't be joking around like some slob. Like like Jansen or whatever and the losers. So bad. Changing in the elevator. So bad. Ghost Rider. We're talking about, I, I think uh, there's pressure to, to keep the movie going before they lose the rights. Uh-huh. So they're talking about maybe they will make a sequel with or without Nicolas Cage. I, what, what do you, what did, uh... He probably needs the money, right? Uh, he's got the Sorcerer's Apprentice coming up, which I saw. I I think I saw a trailer for that, and it looks like it could be interesting. Yeah. He 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 d- wasn't Kick-Ass, which I still haven't seen. You have to see I that. Know, I gotta see that. And you should go see that this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, should I, take I, your wife. You should be like, yeah, all right, we're I don't going. I think she wants to see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I need to see that. But um, so he was in there. He was supposed to be in Green Hornet, but he pulled out of that. So. I don't, I don't know if it's a matter of scheduling why he may not do Ghost Rider. I still have not seen the first Ghost Rider, and I don't know if I can see the first Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. But I'd say if you're not going to have him, bring in you know Danny Ketch, cast someone else's Ghost Rider. I mean, it could be done. The other thing going on at Marvel, Shadowland. Oh, man. That's what I was going to talk to you about. Like tra- like <sighs> promo images every day. Arr. I got another one this morning, but I, I don't even... I didn't yeah, when you, picked up, when you picked up the previews uh, yeah. book like, like, from the, the comic shop. Page, like, Electra looks like... There, oh, I think the image that came out today was like... Or maybe it was yesterday. It was like Electra, like hugging the the tombstone. Kind of like the, the Daredevil image. So it's it kind of like a homage to that. But yeah, you got like the Punisher and Moon Knight and Spider-Man. So it's like, I'm not really sure what kind of event this is. And it's interesting because, you know, we got the Heroic Age coming up, but then you got Shadowland, which looks pretty dark. So We heard about this a while ago. Yeah, so I guess the good thing is it's not going to be all bright and cheerful times in the Marvel Universe, so mm-hmm. people are, are worried about that. Uh, the other thing that came out this week, which I know upset you, is Warner Brothers has canceled sequels to Wonder Woman and Green Lantern. You know, that Wonder Woman movie made me cry, and it was one of my favorite. Like, I thought it was a great interpretation of her character, mm-hmm. and I thought that a lot of people, and I, I know a lot of people that read that book, that or not read it, but um, watched that movie, uh, walked away being having a little bit more respect for her character, mm-hmm. and they, they understood, they, they managed to bridge, you know, this, this, you know, weird, iconic kind of a you know, um, image that she mm-hmm. has, you know, her the stereotype of Wonder Woman, and they made her a relatable character that you can care about mm-hmm. in this film. And they did a brilliant job, and I think that it was so good, and I'm really, 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 really sad. Yeah. Carrie Russell did a good job as, mm-hmm. as Wonder Woman, and Nathan Fillion, who I love, was Steve Trevor. So upset. And the jokes were so funny. Yeah, except there was a comment <gasps> about, like, staring at her chest or something like that, and I'm watching it with my daughter, and I'm like, um... Yeah, yeah. I, I know, but it was still really funny. Yeah, I, and then when he sticks his foot in the in the lasso and he starts to, you know, talk about hit like the the problems that he has as a man and how men in society are blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes his foot is in the lasso and she's she just thinks it's funny. I mean, it, there was just so many cute little, really really witty, very very fun moments. And I'm, I don't understand why they're not going to continue. I, I, I think they said it was. It, it underperformed. Right. So all the people that didn't buy it or yep. streamed all it online, thank you it, for yeah. that, guys. Yeah. And people don't realize that they, they I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and start preaching about piracy or anti-piracy and all that, but people don't get it. It's like they, they watch it online. You know, it's, it's like 
sometimes Warner Brothers will send me a advanced Blu-ray copy of it. So I get mm-hmm. to watch it early. I'll post my review. People will be like, yeah, I saw this last night. And I'm like, you know, I know you did not get a screener in advanced copy. So you're watching it somewhere illegally. And and it, it's fine if you're going to do that and then buy it. Well, I, I don't think it's really fine, but you know, at least buy it. But I know people aren't going to do that. No. People aren't going to pay for something if they don't have to. I just don't see why people want to watch it online, watch some crappy version low quality version it's like you know i want to watch it on my big screen tv and you know and just enjoy it and it's not even about that you know i mean it it goes back to supporting um supporting art like when you really like something then you you shouldn't feel like you are entitled to just go steal it Mm -hmm. like the people that will you know i don't know pick up an issue of av uncanny x-men you know they'll read it online and they'll be like okay i'm reading this issue of uncanny x-men and it sucked but then they feel entitled that you know it sucked so bad that i decided that i'm just going to steal it mm-hmm. like that doesn't make it right you know mm-hmm. like if you're a fan of the series and if you're a fan of comics then you should understand that it, the industry isn't exactly you know it's not the video game industry you know mm-hmm. what i mean like they're not making all this money and there's there's it's really difficult to protect the industry and to prevent things from being leaked online and comic books mm-hmm. like getting stolen but like like with with the movies i mean if you sit and look at the credits there's like a gazillion people that were that involved worked on it. so it's like they had to get paid and people were like i don't want to pay 14 bucks for a movie they you know they feel it's 14 dollars yeah, or what you know you can buy the, the on single, amazon for sing, like 10 the single disc you know, DVD if you want to, but people, they don't, I don't understand Whatever. That. And same thing with comics, you know, comics, you know, yeah, I, I don't like paying four bucks for a comic, but someone needs to write it, someone needs to draw it, and ink it, color it, print it, distribute it, you know. Granted, do you feel like uh, both the Green Lantern film and the Wonder Woman movie, I mean, do you, do you feel as though they were marketed well? Because I, I personally, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's I mean, Wonder Woman's going to be a hard sell regardless for you know unfortunate. and that was the other thing that, that I guess Warner's decided that they're not going to do any female heroine showcase movies like I think they're they were going to do a Batgirl, Batgirl year movie. one and they're like that's not going to happen like the Chuck Dixon Batgirl year one I maybe I mean I don't really know I mean I, I just think it's that too breaks hard. my heart that's like my f- like the first I, like I trade that I ever read I, I saw that but I, I just don't think you can really sell that because for whatever reason, you know, the majority of the audience are, are males. And, you know, they don't. It's just like when there's a line of action figures, you rarely have a female character as an action figure because they figure little boys don't want to play with. This is like a sad podcast. Like, I'm crying. <laughs> it's so sad. No, it's but, okay. But, but I, they're green, so underrepresented. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, my daughter obviously loves, loves comics. This is know. ridiculous. It's, it's like, you know, when we watch, you know, on, on a weekend, we, we get up on Saturday. It's like, you know, we go to the DVR. What are you going to watch? First thing she wants to watch is, is Brave and the Bold, you know, because there's no other real female cartoons. You know, like when Huntress appeared, she liked Huntress' performance or, you know, appearance. So it's like, for whatever reason, it just, it doesn't happen. But like with Green Lantern, I, I'm kind of surprised that that didn't do well, you know. But again, Green Lantern, this, despite being on the Super Friends in the seventies, you know, I don't. He's not like common knowledge, and you know, maybe once the movie's out, people would say, "Oh, I want," you know. It's yeah, just maybe like they'll they, go they, back out. They and released pick it, it up. two years too early. It was just like when they made the, the Iron Man animated movie. It's like that that came out before the live action movie came out, and you know, yeah, you can still buy it, but. It just seems weird that they. Oh, the an- Iron Man animated was terrible. Yeah, I still haven't watched. That. I feel like all the Marvel animated movies are 
pretty some, bad. Some of them are good. I thought Doctor Strange was okay. Like, it was okay. Mm-hmm. There were some parts where I was like, oh, this is such a struggle, but... I think the first Ultimates was good. Um, I loved the Hulk versus... Hulk versus Wolverine. Was, really? Was, was great. I mean, it was... You know, you, you got Hulk going... Or Wolverine going at the Hulk with his claws out, you know, and, and chopping at him. And, like, Deadpool was hilarious in there. It just it makes me like it makes me really um, upset. You know, if I if I had a daughter, I feel like there I would rather she read comic books than than be um, because I, I feel like that there are re- some really great role models in comic mm-hmm. books. Like, I think Wonder Woman is a really great role model. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, there, on the other hand, there are also a lot of characters that are not good role models. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sure. So, I mean, you know, the, the way some characters are, are portrayed are, you know, I mean, there's some things yeah. I need to, you know, keep away from my daughter. Like, no, yeah, of course. But, I mean, I, would you prefer that, you know, your daughter, I mean, as she's getting older, you know, would you prefer that she follows, you know, celebrities like Miley Cyrus or reads an issue of Wonder Woman yeah, or mean, Batgirl or, yeah. you know, Birds of Prey? Mm-hmm. I think that I think that there's, um, like, Obviously, it's a comic book, so you, you you have, like, a lot of, you know, fun kind of action stuff and whatever. But there are some underlying issues, you know, that that are sometimes they're, they're pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. And I think that how how the characters and how, how the writers um, have the characters deal with specific situations is, is pretty important, too. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, this isn't a realistic situation, mm-hmm. you know, but... The reactions of the characters is, is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, we'll have to see what happens. What else is on the docket? Wow, um, this is such a such a downer. Yeah. Well, I, I guess uh, the last note we should just remind everyone that Saturday is it's free, free comic, comic book, book day. day. So make sure you go. And what I don't think people realize that the stores have to actually pay for the comics. They're not getting them for free. They buy the comics to give away to people. So people should thank their comic stores. Exactly. And if they don't have that particular free comic that you saw mentioned somewhere, it's because they either didn't buy as much or they chose not to buy it because they were on a budget. Exactly. So. Um, and if you, you know, if it, it is free comic book day, and so, I mean, it costs the store some money, yeah. but it doesn't really cost you anything. But pick up some other books. Yeah, and bring your friends that maybe don't read comic books and be like, hey, guys, do you want to go out and go to the comic store and pick up some comics are free yeah Yeah, i I told my roommate and she's like really they're free i'll go i'm like of course you will yeah and there was a lot that came out (laughs) this week so you know people can go and yeah oh and uh war of superman is coming out on saturday right yeah is it coming out on saturday i I think issue zero okay i think it's a free comic book issue so that's gonna be pretty big right yeah because i think last time it was brightest day zero came out which obviously set things up Mm -hmm. so people should definitely Pick that up, otherwise you're not gonna be able to read it. Exactly. I think we've I think we're done here. Right? I think we are. All yes. right. Let's let's sum this up. Thank you guys for listening to the Comic Vine Podcast and we are so glad to be back. Because yes. we were gone for like three weeks. Yeah. Well no, we were here last week. Some of us were oh, here. Oh right. Week. I was not here last week. I hear it was a good podcast though. It was it was it was different. People I mean, were very funny. No, I mean we, we had other people. So I mean it's good to branch out and Absolutely. So it's not just us two dorks talking. Yeah, because we could just go on forever. Yeah. All right guys. Uh have a great week. And thank you to John John Lehman. Oh yeah, and thank you exactly. Thank so you so much. Go pick up Chew. Mm-hmm. Go to the comic store tomorrow and buy the Chew trades. Yeah, definitely pick pick those up because they're really good mm-hmm. and you will get addicted. 
All right. All right. So we will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Adios.